IETM, International Network for Contemporary Performing Arts. Climate Justice Through the Creative Lens of the Performing Arts. Podcast Episode 3, January 2024. The following episode is the final in a three-part podcast series commissioned and produced by IETM. Across the course of 2023, a number of focus group discussions took place in three continents where the vital role of the performing arts in the face of climate justice and climate change was discussed at great lengths. The aim of the podcast are to reflect on the conversations that took place during these focus group meetings and to explore the meaning and implications of climate justice on the performing arts sector as well as to highlight actions taken by the sector to respond to the climate emergency in different socio-economic contexts. The following recordings took place with several performing arts professionals based in Asia and Oceania over Zoom. Katalijn Verstraten, the coordinator and facilitator of these discussions, breaks down the enriching conversations she had. The final episode of this podcast series is a little different to the rest. In April and May of this year, I sat down and I interviewed individual artists and arts managers, directors, producers, practitioners and activists based in several countries across Asia and Oceania. And we discussed the topic of climate change and the performing arts at great lengths in relation to ITM's latest publication on that topic. And through these conversations, I actually gained first-hand understanding of the effect climate change has on the performing arts sector from the perspective of artists, from disabled artists, grassroots and networks. And the result of these interviews is not a focus group discussion as such, but more a collection of inspiring conversations broken down into several topics. Climate justice is still a relatively new or not frequently used concept with the public in many parts of the world. And I asked the interviewees about what they think the ultimate definition of climate justice is and the effect this definition has on the sector. We're at a very different level, at different starting points. We don't have the same language, we don't have the same capacities to deal with the issue. Um, And I guess that also means there shouldn't be one authoritative definition of what dealing with climate justice or dealing with climate change in the arts should be. There needs to be a myriad of voices, um, some of which may not be as palatable uh, as perhaps the European counterparts may be more familiar with or comfortable with. The terminology of climate change is coming, it's injected from abroad. Yeah. It's not It's not the words that we have, right? So I think, one, there is a distance already with that word. Another topic that came up often in the discussion was the topic of involving local communities and raising awareness. In Cambodia, Epic Arts develops community arts and education programs for people with and without disabilities, while raising awareness about human rights and environmental issues, especially plastic pollution, and embedding the sustainable practices within the organization. We got that funding from, where is it? Uh, Water Aid, actually. They talk about sanitation and the earth and stuff like that, related, prevalent. Um, and then we, we bring this research about plastic 
to mm. the performance. So we pick the important message and um, resort to perform. Because we know our performance is going to be more likely reach a range of different um, target audience, community-based and also the policymaker. We make sure the message is simple and relevant to the community, mm. but also the suggestion idea also could be provoked to the policymaker. In Indonesia, Papermoon Puppet Theatre undertakes intensive research work with communities and developing work that is often related to environmental topics like pollution and the relationship between humans and nature involving communities and schools. People really have like, they are really retentive and they are very um, open to the discussion of climate change, which is the reason why um, we are coal free because we've managed to really convince it to be like an effort of like the masses and the community to actually come together. So it's not like mainly just like a bunch of kids, you know, it's like a, it's a months of explaining and talking. But I guess the thing is, um, when it comes to um, mass education, I don't really think that uh, we've ever had like the capacity to actually make or to actually forward Edu- education and climate change and uh, you know climate hope in terms of like really l- making it look like the b- the bigger scale like how everything affects it. Um, I think this all more issue based. It's not really you know their priority to sit and l- listen to climate yeah. change. So you can really see how like just like a concerned effort, like uh, to really educate the masses can really affect how they view things. In Thailand, Waila Amatamachat took part in this Asian consultation and he's engaging through the performing arts to work on issues relevant to communities. We bring the chef into the area and like explore the forest together with the community and try to like sharing what kind of tree, what kind of vegetable they can eat or something like that. This is a, a thing that we, we put in the forest school. Uh, we also have other projects that are more related to performativity things. Another thing that we work right now is uh, it's a project called uh, Dansai Food Story. Uh, we try to uh, connect the, we try to collect the, the food wisdom of each village in the areas. Uh, and we try to see the possibilities that we can like uh, make a constructive base, knowledge database of that uh, to uh, artistic approach. Uh, so mostly we like spend time with the residencies of the artists to do the research. They, we we invite the chef uh, to go there and uh, and collect some knowledge. Participants in regional consultations stressed that considering climate change and becoming more aware of environmental issues are leading some performing arts companies to develop smaller scale works, enabling closer and more intimate relations with the audiences, allowing them to easily relate to the issues addressed, while also reflecting on more inclusive ways of relating to local social contexts. Elsewhere, new approaches to stage design may rely on traditional reuse and recycling practices, 
as was highlighted by the Japanese stage designer Hiroko Oshima. Last year, I met one person. He started to do、uh, my dream. Like he's collecting、uh, all the scenery, and he lent a warehouse to store it. And he said、uh, he is planning to rent it out. And so he asked me if I can give some advice because I'm a scenographer, and how he、uh, promotes this business to the industry. And he's the actor, or the、um, he's the uh, fighting uh, teacher. And I was so surprised that、uh, the because actor is on the stage, they are not、mm. backstage. Even them have、uh, awareness of wasting scenery. Then the me is more connected, and I'm the one really should push forward. Not so I started to find the research about.、Uh, Sustainability and theater in Japan, and I searched、um, many different keywords combining theater, but I couldn't find any. I, I only found very few in Japanese. In Japanese, I think as a theater, if the theater hall should continue developing, we have to reflect、uh, social issues. That's our artist role. We have to promote this, giving a chance to public to think about what the social issue is through theater or, or performance art. One day, I was on that train going to the theater, and this train was full of promotion of SDGs. Uh, campaign、It、was、mm-hmm. a special、uh, packaged train, okay, run <laughs> <laughs> by a train company. So I, thirty minutes of my ride, I was reading、uh, many posters and learning about SDGs. Then I went to the theater to set up a production,、mm-hmm. and. That theater, in that theater, there's nothing about sustainability or SDGs at all. But this theater, owned by that train company. So, what I want to say is that the major owner of the company, company promoting it, but the, the theater owned by this company has no idea. With the sustainability or the environmental concerning, so I thought that's something not good. <laughs> I mean, you just can't <laughs> create a piece of work which is um, uh, say that we should be aware of climate change and making lots of props or costumes and throwing away. That doesn't work. The Japanese theater. Industry want to create this piece of work. First step is us to change ourselves. 
In addition, it seems artists are not always clear what role they can or perhaps want to play. Some artists wonder how they can still be an artist given the rapid climate collapse. Should they not become activists instead? You know, why, why are artists taking so long to talk about it as opposed to activists? They see an issue and, you know, they're just going to go and talk about it and they're just going to en- go and engage the community immediately. Whereas the artists will hold themselves in a room and talk to each other and try to come up with creative ways of talking about it. But they haven't started talking about it at all. They're just thinking about how they can find that way of communication. That's not to disparage artists in any way. I think it just means different modalities of working. It just means we may need to understand how other people function and other people communicate their the issues that are closest to their heart as well. And that we as artists may need to find uh, a better connection with our community rather than talk to ourselves and talk to our own artists, um, friends. Um, we may need to talk to people who don't agree with us more often. Or we may need to talk to communities that don't understand the arts more often. Sometimes I even feel that artists want to talk about issues of injustice to assuage their own guilt. It's almost like I can talk about it theoretically and I can explore it theoretically. But what what kind of change have I actually done in my own life? Have I done anything to help someone in an effective way? We found, you know, they also... They do not have any time. They do not have any space because they are always, you know, the doing action, you know, the urgently. So that's why, you know, the they their life is also very uh, uh, desperate. So sometimes they do not feel, you know, the their real world is not spreading to, you know, all people. So that's yeah. why we discussed together. Okay, you do action, and then we can spread, you know, the your action to the people. You know the through art, you know the uh, art way. I mean, the in artist way, the artists they started to you know to collaborate with you know the activists, so that they join uh, like you know the climate strike and also the some other the action. You know the artists is the support them. There is instrumentalization, but I also think that we need to find our commonalities between people fighting for justice and people fighting for the arts. What do we all want? We want to be able to see a hopeful tomorrow. We want to build a better world or better alternatives. That's one commonality that perhaps we can build on. Rather than look at how we are opposing each other or different from each other, we need to find spaces where we can forge unities. What is our dream for a better future? Um, And then go from there. Yeah. Geli Arsena, who was interviewed during this Asian consultation, stresses the power of performance arts to help people connect to the bigger picture in unexpected and cathartic ways. Through her work, she has witnessed that common people can really identify with the embodied experience of performing uh, performance arts, much to the surprise of activists who were not convinced at first by the power of performance arts. I think performance art is interesting in a way uh, because it seems silly, for lack of the better word, but it actually has one of the biggest impacts 
on making people look at the bigger picture from how the world is, you know, what's been happening. Um, well, I'd like the most um, simple explanation. Um, of course, there's really something about uh, entertainment that makes people more receptive, right? That's one thing, that, but it's also one thing for people to step out of their lives and for their lives to actually be, pro be projected in front of them. But if you put it like a step further, actually making people participate in their performance would actually make them understand in like a more cathartic way of how ridiculous and unjust their situation is, not just their situation when it comes to human rights, but also when it comes to climate, this climate situation. To be more specific with that statement, one example would be when I was um, in college, we were trying to protest the injustices and the neglect of the government and, of course, the neglect of the government when it comes to the environment and the people when they suffered the biggest typhoon that hit the country. What we did, along with SIPA, it was like a nationwide event, is that we covered ourselves in mud and pretended to be dead bodies and started walking the streets of Iloilo City in Panay. And we started calling out for justice, like we're looking for our own body, we're looking for a family, and we're looking for justice. And it was with a bunch of teen, teens, college kids, you know, um, conservative activists laughed at us, saying that it's too high art, and it is something that we um, got a conversation rolling when it comes to um, the issue of like climate and typhoons and Yolanda in general. These discussions highlighted multiple ways the performing arts approach climate justice, ranging from embodying experiences and awareness raising to community empowerment. They have also underlined that the concept of climate justice is little known and sometimes perceived as an imported concept. What clearly emerged is the need for an enabling environment, allowing performing arts organizations and artists to access funding, training and professional development opportunities. The outcome of the regional discussion also nourished ITM's research report, Climate Justice Through the Creative Lens of the Performing Arts, which is now available to download, read or listen to via ITM's website. We hope you enjoyed this final episode of the podcast series.